You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. Hola. Good morning. Good morning. We have a we have a better looking Andy Prasky online here. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's weird. You know, um, Ali Mauer uh, is a is a psychic medium that uh, I ran into at, at a parking lot at Lowe's uh, about three years ago, three and a half years ago, and um, paid her some money in the parking lot, and then I, I did a call with her from Arizona, and I've been with her ever since from a. Uh, a psychic life coach medium um, situation. And uh, I was always kind of like, hey, Andy, I'm giving my I'm giving my key to success right now. Hey, Allie probably predicted I was going to be late. She did. <laughs> she did. She did. Trust or- me, she's talked about you a lot. But anyways. <laughs> um, Good. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so anyways, no, but kind of do more of the life coaching. And she was really... Um, good enough to be able to come on here and uh, hang out with us and maybe talk a little bit about like the energy of a home. Sometimes you're feeling like, Oh my God, this, there's something about this house that I just don't like um, whether that's haunted or, you know, there's some energies and Allie, why don't you hit on that a little for us? Yeah. Well, first thanks so much for having me on your show. This is always a lot of fun to do these. And so thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Houses, as you guys know, very obviously, is, is people's biggest investments. And so I get a lot of people asking questions about their home, um, a lot of stories about people's homes. You know, this is where you want to feel safe. This is where you raise your family. It's where you spend all your time. So, you know, you want it to feel as good as possible. And from everywhere from when you're looking for homes to actually being in a home, um, there's a lot you can tell and a lot you can do. Um to make it feel as good as possible. So when you're looking at homes, a lot of people will just know a home isn't right. They'll just walk in and it'll look perfect, but they can just tell. And then they kind of argue with themselves and you're like, oh, it ticks off all the boxes, but like, why don't I want to live here? Um, And I always say, trust that, you know, like if it's just like, there's nothing wrong with it, but I just don't, you know, want to live here. You know, I don't know why. Um, That can just be your intuition being like, "This this isn't the right place. But as far as bad energy of houses go, um, where you just you're in somebody else's home, you're in your own home, and it just feels like you're being watched. It just doesn't feel good to be there. You feel sick more than you feel well when you're there, which can be a number of normal reasons as well. Um, but yeah, sometimes people just don't feel good in places. And um, there can be a lot of different reasons for that from the house itself just isn't great. The land that it was built on um, has a lot of either negative energy or just not positive energy or was never really meant to be built on and lived in by people. Um, And, you know, it can be residual energy. So if there was a lot of negative things that happened in the house or on the land before somebody moved in, if the um, previous owners had abusive relationships or just a lot of negativity or a lot of drug use in the house, um, that can lead to it feeling really negative, really stuffy, no matter how much you try to clean or open the windows, um, feelings of, and that's that's more of the residual energy, which you can just do a house clearing. They're very easy to do. I teach people how to do them. You don't need to hire somebody to come out and do it. Um, but that alone can just make it feel 
warmer, airier, brighter. Your house, even if there's not a ton of natural light, when you walk in and it feels good, it should feel bright. It should feel airy. It should feel warm. Um, if it doesn't, then it just might need a clearing. And, you know, houses, no matter how long people live in them, they should just have a clearing every once in a while because life happens. People get sick. There's stress. Um, so that can really make your house feel as good as home. Um, some houses, yeah, they, they can be haunted. I've run into that from just unconscious kind of spirits that really don't know they're deceased to um, negative energies to really dark stuff. Um, and that can be pretty, I mean, terrifying for people, but it, it's pretty, as much as people try to rationalize it, you, you check off all the lists. Okay, it's not the pipes. It's not this. It's not that. Um, people think they're going crazy. They, they're like, I, you know, at night I see things, things are watching me and they feel like there's nowhere to turn. Um, you know, those, that stuff does happen. It doesn't happen as much as we see in the movies and the, you know, Hollywood has this belief, but it's also not that uncommon. Um, for it to be something really bad is, is pretty uncommon for it to just be something that just needs some help getting it out that can just make you feel uncomfortable or like you're being watched. Um, that's, you know, that's pretty easy to do too. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. We, uh, I know I, I do some new construction and we have uh, some of the nationalities will come in with different mm -hmm. beliefs than what we commonly see here where they want the door to be a certain way. So the energy can flow or the spirit of prosperity can come their way. And, you know, you want to sit there and, and, you know, from a real estate perspective, you're like, hey, it's checking all the boxes. It's got the bedrooms. It's got the bathrooms. It's everything you've been looking for. It's in your price range. Why aren't you guys pulling the trigger? And or I've had other families superstitious with the numbers of the house and it has mm -hmm. to equal an even number. Or So there's a lot of different respects throughout the world um, for different energies and houses, you know, and, and what that is or isn't, I can't tell you, but. But lastly, I'll comment on is that when we used to sell back in the housing crisis, we were selling foreclosures. That was a negative vibe on these houses. And there was the sense of distress and that somebody lost this house and that there was people really struggled. I'm telling you, Allie, they felt guilty buying the house at you know, prosperity at someone else's demise. And it was very evident that these people were like, how do I make myself feel better? About Even though my family needs a house and, you know, I didn't put those people in that position, but I don't want to profit from their lots. You know what I mean? It was anyway. Yeah, that's, it's definitely um, a lot of people come in with, with those kinds of ideas and those kinds of kind of hangups about their house too, where they, they do, they come in and they're just like, I have all this guilt or I have all this, you know, all these feelings about a house. The house can bring up so many feelings more so than buying a car or something else. But um, yeah, feng shui, um, doing things like that in a house um, where people talk about the door being at a certain place and having the, a certain amount of windows um, is can be incredibly beneficial for the, for the energy of the house. That stuff really does work. Um, and most other cultures have a lot of beliefs. Some are superstitious. Um, but some are like actual beliefs and in the Western culture, we just don't recognize that stuff. We don't look as everything as being energy. We don't look at psychics and mediums necessarily as being real where other cultures, it's just very normal. You have somebody in the community that is your, um, is your person, your psychic medium. You have these things that you know about what the house that you need to live in or the house that you're going to live in, the thing that the things that it needs to have 
to be a really good match for your family. Um, and it's just very common knowledge of how to do that. And we just, we just don't have, we've lost that in sort of a, our culture. But again, there's, there are a lot of things you can do from house clearings to, um, to taking care of yourself. Like you wouldn't imagine once people just start taking care of themselves, how the energy of their house change and their family taking care of themselves, how the house is impacted. Um, everything, every item, every physical thing holds energy. It has its own energy, but it stores memory of energy and houses really, really store that, that energy in them. So, um, for people, yeah, whether it's doing feng shui, having a house clearing, doing something themselves, um, you know, some people like to put a lot of like crystals and that kind of thing in their house to kind of clear up that energy and that frequency, um, doing air cleansings. Other people know that as smudging, um, that can be really beneficial. But again, there's a lot of things you can do yourself. You can hire people to come in and do it for you too. Um, but you don't need to do that. There's a lot of really positive things. Even just putting a lot of plants in your house can make a big difference um, because that really can change the energy of the house. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of emotion that goes into that. And especially during, um, yeah, during times when they can feel bad about how they got the house or a lot of foreclosures between the new owners, maybe feeling bad that they're, you know, that they're kind of profiting off of that or the old owners all of that negative energy of losing their house the shame the guilt the you know all the negative energy around that that can really affect a house and the energy of it too what about like a house where there's been a, a crime for an example like i know there was one over here in dayton a couple of years ago where the husband murdered the wife and nobody wanted this house i mean it was it was on a beautiful acreage beautiful house and the bank just kept dropping in price. And finally a young guy bought it. And the neighbor that I know the neighbor was like, Hey, yeah, who cares, man, whatever the past is the past and doesn't, doesn't acknowledge or, or act. But I'm like, man, that I, I, you know, even for me, I'm a little skeptical of, you know, I, I keep myself away from emotions. A lot of times with, I, I do more of the black and white, helping people buy and here's a checklist and here's right. But I'm like, man, I don't, how can someone buying a house like that, how do they even know that there's a uh, potentially an issue with energy or spirits or whatever, you know, you, you, you're saying? The, the more open that people are, the more they're going to feel that energy or something's off or something's not right. People that aren't as in tune with their intuition, they're going to go in and not, not even know anything's going on. Um, my husband, who is not He's not into any of the spiritual stuff, but his just being around me, his intuition has grown over the years and we'll walk into a house where before when we were looking at the house I'm in now, he, you know, there were a couple of houses. He's like, I am not staying here. I would not. I'm like, no, these like old 1800s like Victorian houses. I'm like, no, I want to live here. And he's like, I'm you're on your own. Like, I'm not I'm not living here. Um, but so if, if you are in tune, you're going to feel that more. Um, and it can be a mental thing of how it affects you of knowing that happened in the house that you can't get over. But yeah, there's probably, if there's been a crime like that, there's probably going to be some residual energy, which might just be residual energy of it just doesn't feel loving and happy, or it might be, you know, something like a haunting. Um, I was at a house recently that I was doing a psychic party at. So it was, it was a family and, and a, a group of people and um, their house was very, very haunted. And so the whole time I was there, um, there's all these different noises and the ele electronics going off and they have this big, huge, heavy wooden door that I couldn't even open by myself. I'm like, is it locked? And she's like, no, I'll open it for you. But it, um, 
it blew open by itself. There was no wind that day. And it just, it just came open this heavy wood door. And they're like, this is, you know, she's like, there's stuff going on in our house all the time, but it's definitely worse right now when you're here. And we started talking about, they knew the history of it, but they asked me what I could pick up. And um, during like the 1920s, the guy that leased the land there, um, he actually killed his wife and his kids because they couldn't make it like financially. And so their family will see kids running through the woods on their property. They'll hear kids in the house. They'll see, they'll feel like this guy watching them and see like shadows in the house. So that kind of stuff can stick with the house and the land. And again, it, it really just takes a clearing to get rid of that. And it's, it doesn't have to be a big deal. It doesn't mean you have to sell your house. Although some people, even with a clearing will be like, nope, like somebody else can deal with this problem. I want nothing to do with this. And that's, that's fair. Um, I don't have a problem with that stuff. I just go in and clear house. So that stuff doesn't, you know, wouldn't deter me from buying a house, but for the average person, yeah, if you knew that was going on in a house, you probably wouldn't want to do that. Um, so crimes can definitely impact, um, in different States you do have, you are required to tell that. Um, and in different States you actually, um, whether it's the requirement or just the culture, uh, Salem, Massachusetts, New Orleans, Louisiana, um, different places along the East coast, they actually put haunted or not haunted on the listing. So you'll see the sign and there'll be a little sign hanging from it that says not haunted. And people kind of like, oh, that's just for the tourist kind of stuff. And people are like, no, they take it very seriously, the locals and stuff. Um, and people want to know about that. Some people just like the history of the places, but some people want to know if there if there was a crime, if it is haunted. Um, but yeah, you could definitely feel that energy um, if you're in tune, if, if there has been a crime committed and there's been times when it hasn't been disclosed and I'll walk into a house um, and I'll be like, yeah, this is, uh, there's some there's some stuff here. And then you kind of look into the history and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, there, there was there was some stuff that, that isn't being, dis that isn't legally has to be disclosed, but that went on here. Yeah, um, this last winter, I spent a lot of time in, in Cambodia and Thailand. And uh, recently with the Khmer Rouge, they had a lot of killing fields where they killed, I think, three out of eight uh, million people, uh, Cambodians. And you can still feel it everywhere. It's like permeated throughout the culture, especially in Phnom Penh, the, the capital. And like the difference between that city and like Siem Reap, which used to be uh, the capital of the old Cambodian, the real Cambodian uh, Khmer Empire, the, total, the vibe is totally different, right? And then I compare it to like now, I'm in Brazil and uh, like the curb appeal everywhere in Brazil is high walls with barbed wire everywhere. And like, you know, the new world, all the, the, the killings that happened here, the diseases, obviously the crime rate in Brazil and just the, the, the pieces of land and the overall vibe, it, there's definitely energy there. And I know, Chris, you were in Auschwitz. We went together in Poland and like the air is thick there. It's, it's no joke. So I find that interesting. Yeah, people kind of poo-poo all of that. And it's like, no, even people that aren't in tune, you can tell when you go on old battlefields in the United States or when you're going to places in other parts of the world where there's been a lot of catastrophe, tra tragedy, like it feels different. You can't necessarily put your finger on it, but there's a bad vibe or it's just feels, it feels off in some way. It doesn't feel pleasant. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun thing. And I've obviously been with you for a long time now that uh, I do get those feelings now. And whereas before it was kind of like, whatever, you know, that's not really real. And people have said stuff and, and then, but now 
you you can feel that stuff and it's really uh really very interesting that's for sure Allie, quick question about how for realtors that are listening we get a lot mm -hmm. of realtors that watch and listen to this podcast and uh how how do you think they can handle i mean almost basically improve their business i guess is what uh the best way that um i don't know from a from an energy or from a psychic or from a hey here's what the market's going to be doing here's what you should be doing kind of thing yeah i have a ton of clients that are real estate agents so um it's not weird to come to a psychic and and get these tips um you know, one, you know, for everybody improving your intuition, everybody has intuition and it just, it guides you. So you just get these nudges, you know, like, I just don't feel like these clients are going to be worth working with. Like, I know this is just going to not be pleasant for me, or I just know this house is not going to sell for this price, no matter how, how much logically I should be listing this house for, I just know it's not going to sell. So there's really easy ways to improve your intuition. Um, meditation is, is one of the best ways. Um, but that, that is, you know, one of the best ways to do it because it will, everything will just flow. You'll just know who to work with, who not to work with, what houses should be listed, what the market is going to do. Even if it's not a logical, I know the market's going to do this. You're just going to be like, yep. I, I just feel like I'm going to be really busy this spring. Like I just need to get my vacation done before, before this, or this, this fall is going to be unusually slow. You'll just kind of have an inkling for that. Um, but really just tuning in and, um, not discounting anything. So again, that kind of works back with your intuition, but if you just get these feelings, um, just really trust that. And it doesn't mean you always have to act on it, but at least take note of it. Um, and then really, um, a lot of my clients that are real estate agents that they will develop their intuition, but they'll also do things that might help, um, make other people feel at ease, whether they learn the basics of feng shui. So when somebody's in a house and they start talking about feng shui or where the windows can be, they can say something knowledgeable about, yeah, but you can do this. You can put something purple in the back corner to offset that or to be able to help the clients do that themselves um, or being able to like do house clearings. And that might not be for every client, but the ones that mention it are the ones that are like, I just feel like a I don't know. I just get a weird feeling. They can be like, hey, you know what? We can, before you move in, we can just do a really brief clearing on this or um, or something that can help support the client and make the, make the client feel better and more at ease about things. Um, so a lot of people will start kind of getting into that and just at least under uh, educating themselves on um, more of the energy and the frequency and the vibration of, of houses of people. Um, because that can, that can, there are more people open to this stuff than people realize and that practice it on their own. So just being able to have that vocabulary and be able to articulate, you know, how, how the client can improve their own situation or how they can help, um, can make it a lot easier too. Um, and yeah, just really like with the markets and stuff, um, those aren't something there's an essence of it that is predictable um, and there, but reality is created. It's not something that is, um, nobody can predict the future hundred percent of the time. I'm, I have um, a very good business and a good reputation and I, and I do a lot of times do that, but I never tell somebody, I'm going to tell you what the future, what the future holds for sure. I'm going to, you know, do all these predictions. We'll talk about the future, but it's more about how to create it. 
So it's looking less at the market and really tuning in with your own, um, with the best possible opportunities through using your vibration and, and your frequency. So I teach a lot of my real estate clients how to how to get rid of abundance blocks, how to get rid of any business blocks that stand in their way that could be from subconscious types of situations that happen, you know, traumas in the past that keep them from being as confident as they'd like to be to really be able to sell luxury homes. And then we'll go and we'll heal that and talk about that and get those blocks out of the way. But it's more, no matter what happens externally, we have more control over what happens than we realize. So there's people where no matter what the market does, their real estate business thrive. It doesn't matter if they're in a recession, they're making money hand over fist, they have a great reputation. And there's some people, even when the markets are fantastic, <coughs> they have a lot of problems selling houses. And it seems like every house they sell, there's always, it's never smooth. Like there's, you know, people back out, documents get lost, like something's always happening. And it's like, that's, that's a you issue at that point. And there's a lot of probably some healing that needs to be done. There's a lot of um, like, whether you call it spiritual development, personal development, but once you remove those blocks that stand in your way, it's like everything just gets so much smoother. So it is, it, it comes down to you more than it does the external markets and the external world. And that's really the difference between what happens with real estate, with any business. But when people come to me and they're like, gosh, how are these other people just killing it? I can't even get five houses in a month in the best market and everything goes wrong. It's like, well, that's that's a you issue. So then we just work on that. So if people are finding that they're having a lot of troubles and problems, it's like, okay, there's there's some things that need to be worked out. And we just, we I call them, you know, energy blocks, but um, they're caused from a lot of different things, but usually a lot of you know, traumas or things that have conditioning, like family conditioning, cultural conditioning um, that's happened in the past that has just stayed with them and become part of their identity without even knowing it. It's interesting because I, I always, like you were my little secret. I wouldn't tell anybody about you because I didn't want people to think I was crazy and, and wacko. And then now I share, yeah, keep it watching Andy. And uh, how, do you, how do you tell people like, you know, when you're, when you're dealing with these things and the feng shui and all that, that they don't look at you like you're, you're nuts. Um, you know, you have to kind of read the room. There's certain people where you don't have to bring that up with your clients. You know, they're not gonna, you know, you know, that's not just going to go well, they're not going to be into it. And for those people, you know, I would just hold back. Um, so if, if you're talking about people working with clients, kind of read the room and, you know, you can kind of drop hints about it. You know, well, are, have you ever considered feng shui? And if somebody's like, nope, then OK, you know, if they're not open to it, if they're like, well, no, I don't really know what that is. then you can gently talk about that. Um, if you're talking about me with clients of how to bring that up, once they come to me, they're pretty open. So I can pretty much bring up most of it. But um, but yeah, you want to just work into it gently and just kind of just kind of see see what they're open to what they're not some people don't know anything about it but they're like hey if i can get this house and feel great in it like i don't care what we do like do whatever you gotta do and and that's fine and other people you're just like yeah we're not we're just not gonna brace this subject yeah. well good i know you have uh, an appointment here coming up very soon so we appreciate you uh on and uh you're welcome anytime to predict how many houses andy will sell this year maybe Thanks. you have that do you know how many houses Andy will sell this year? Uh, yeah, we're not getting into that. <laughs> Hold on. I, I had something. I had something. Six, seven, eight. 
I had something for Ali. I wanted to hear her thoughts on Andy and if he should do TikTok and if you will be successful with that. Um, and it's a running, it's a running joke through the the episode. But I want to hear read Andy if you should do it or not. For some reason, with Andy's TikTok, I see it being like if he did that, it would be like a very silly, comical play on himself and um and what you guys are doing, kind of theme audience uh, channel that kind of goes on a very kind of comedic one. Um, but I, I have a feeling that it might kind of be pulling him tooth and nail into doing it. Um, are you not real keen on doing TikTok, Andy? Correct. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of resistance in your energy to doing TikTok. So it almost feels like it would have to be sort of this non-vulnerable, non very silly, comedic, like I'm just I'm just here to make people laugh, but maybe get a couple points across too to kind of um, lighten the load or lighten the room, I should say. Surprised Nick doesn't have my ice cream truck uh, video queued up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, is there a certain piece of uh, clothing or something that he would wear in each episode that would uh, express his, his personality? Can you can you sense that? A, per, a piece of clothing and something that he would have in each one that he would be known for like something that he likes to wear something that would uh give off the vibe that he he has we we it's a joke between us i want to see if you can get it do you wear a lot of like floral hawaiian shirts or something very colorful i i i uh i wear a lot of collars you know not not a ton i guess <laughs> what do you what do you guys i don't understand what you're asking her i know what he's going to Mm. Oh, so kind of floral. It kind of goes with the floral theme. Something that you wear my, with floral. Are you talking about my footwear? Yeah. Oh, He's, a lot of like flip flops. Yep, there it is. Yeah, Hawaiian, Hawaiian shirt, collared shirt, like flip flops, and just kind of like laid back, like going to the beach vibe. Going and on. shorts and flip flops. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on. It, it's been a pleasure, and I hope that was able to to help your fellow real estate agents in some way. Well, how do we how do we get a hold of you if somebody wants to dial in with their their energies and and or whatever you were saying? How do they how do they find you? Um, so my website is the best way, and that's just allymauer.com. So a l l i e m a u r e r dot com. Um, you can read about what I do. You can schedule appointments online. Um, that's that's the main way right now. I do have a Facebook page, um, Instagram, but I'm not very active on social media anymore. Um, you can read my Google reviews. I have over, I don't know, I think 87 five-star Google reviews. So people can read what other people have experienced with me as well, because it is kind of a weird, a weird category of service. And you do have to be really careful. And I do have on my YouTube channel um, a, a video and I'll be adding more um, from my school onto YouTube to make them, to make them free. Um, but how to avoid psychic scams and scam artists, because that is, it is a fraudulent in industry and you have people that are really, really good or people that are just out to take advantage of you. Um, and it's an easy place for people to be taken advantage because most people don't want to tell people they're going to a psychic and that they got scammed by one. So they just don't pursue any sort of, um, any sort of, you know, getting their money back or reporting it or anything. So people get away with it. Um, but it's just like any other industry that, you know, there's fraudulent roofers, there's fraudulent everything out there. So you just have to be educated. And so I have a video on that too, on my YouTube channel. Um, so yeah, so um, 
that is that is the best way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you put it up. So awesome. Thank you, Allie. Yeah, thank you. Have okay. a good day. You too. You know, Andy, those 87 reviews, I read every one of them because I thought I was part of a, a psychic scam. And so I had to find out if I was. So I had to go to a psychic to find out if I was part of that. And um, I, I'll never forget because I never believed in that stuff. And, and, and just on a whim, we we're doing, um, you know, a, an event. And I'm like, hey, let's go to a psychic. And I was going to pay for my people to go. And uh, they said, well, you have to go, too. And it was just really enlightening. And so I read like every review of that lady because I was like, I got to know if this is the right person. And she lives you, kind of in the you West. Remember, you, you remember years ago, you and I, we were down in Las Vegas. We're at the Palms. Oh, that's right. And, yep. And we were with Ryan and all those other guys. We we're out for dinner, one of these fancy dinners, right? And then on the main floor, there was a psychic. And we're like, let's go. And yeah. uh yeah. Did we do cards? I think we did tarot cards or something. Something like that, yeah. And then uh, we did not – I don't think you and I – I don't know if you and I had our uh, – whatever they call that, predictions or whatever read, but oh, my brother did. Oh, yeah. He was our life coach at the time, yeah. We always gave him a hard time. Bye. Well, I'll tell you what. You ever got, you're going to have a fun gig, Nick. You bring your buddy along, and you go to, like, one of these business conferences, and you say, yeah, I brought along my life coach just to make sure I'm making all the right decisions while I'm out here. Yeah, people are like, oh my God, that's so positive. That is such an aggressive way to be good. And I'm like, this is my stupid brother. That's why he smells like whiskey. Um, he's over there going, hey, what's up? Yeah. No, he played along with it great because it moved into my, he was my life coach as well. Yeah. So we both had life coaches. I was, I was just looking at my coach. office because I used to have a picture of him where he was sitting by. There was a sign that said, uh, soup of the day is whiskey. And he's going, <laughs> anyway hi guys hey i got to, yeah that's a lot of fun but let's get into some some real real estate stuff so we have uh, minnesota real estate journal they name their minnesota city of the year uh, i want to hear your thoughts on this but first it's gonna be brought to you by chris rooney home experts i was a drum I was one years old when my family started in real estate where both my parents were agents they also dabbled in investing in real estate rentals flips and construction after college, I went right into getting my license in July of 1990. As a 23-year-old agent in an industry that looks nothing like today, I had to know more for my clients to choose me. There wasn't Zillow or social media to tell them how good I was. I had to win them over with knowledge. With knowledge comes confidence, and with confidence comes results. Look at that. Look at that, Andy. Apple Valley, City of the Year. Do you do you know where that is? I and I the other question I have is they don't even produce apples anymore. So what's the deal? There's no apple, apple trees Valley. in Apple Valley. But Apple Valley um, okay. is a southern southern suburb, little little east. Uh, a lot of people know probably about the Apple Valley Zoo. They've probably been there quite a bit. But I know the Real Estate Journal does it more based on commercial because there's not there's not a lot of developing happening in Apple Valley because all the land, um, at least you know in that school district, is uh, is taken up. And so it's kind of more of uh, like they're redoing stuff and uh, creating bigger and better. Um, opportunities, but that that in turn really does help the resale residential market. 
I just happen to have, I listed and sold one there. I've got um, three other ones that I'm working on in Apple Valley uh, to go onto the market. And that that is something like that article that I would say, hey, this is what Apple Valley was. That was part of that city. I mean, a lot of their um, schools, I mean, it's going down. They're starting to team up with Burnsville like to be able to put their sports together. I know their hockey team, their boys hockey team, it's Apple Valley and Burnsville together. I mean, Burnsville, not that long ago, was a state champ, and Apple Valley was huge in wrestling and basketball. That's where the Jones brothers went. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, just it's just kind of gone down. So hopefully that gives it a little boost. And it's also an area where people are starting to remodel and fix up things because the location is so great. Oh, yeah. And, and I cut through there, believe it or not, uh, yeah. sometimes going to Farmington. And um, on the far east side of, of Apple Valley, there's still all those gravel pits. I don't know if that's Lakeville or Rosemount. I think there's kind of a rule. But I, there's a lot of opportunity out there still for, for growth, it looks like. And, and they did some really cool communities from a residential perspective. Back in the day, they did some really architecturally influenced um, housing developments. And uh, I don't remember the names. I don't know if you do, Chris, or not. Like uh, Cobblestone, Spirit of Branchin. Right, right. So they're heavily themed, really nice um, developments. And I, I think that the, it makes a better community in the long run having neighborhoods with character. Um, and, and then with character comes pride and, and, and pride, uh, you know, pe people keep their yeah. properties nicer and yeah, with a lot of um, things too. And I think that's what Apple Valley is doing from a commercial standpoint, because literally those, those other developments are Rosemount and Lakeville, but they're all intertwined. They're super, super close. Yeah. And, uh, in Apple Valley's Apple Valley's got 42 going right down the middle of it. And then Cedar Avenue is, is kind of crosses it. So it's a good um, destination or a way that all these people like you had to go to Farmington. You have to go through Apple Valley to get to those other areas. And so if they're creating this uh, commercial um, fun zone, it, uh, it definitely will help the communities around it as well. Cool. So, yeah. And congratulations, Apple Valley. Yep. Way to they go. Made it. I haven't seen Champlin on that list. I don't know. I don't I, uh, I, I haven't either. Okay. <laughs> I don't I think I don't it's think right around it's right where Prior Lake is. I think they're real close to each other. Yeah. <laughs> when you don't do anything for years in a row, except for pave your streets, I think you're you're not uh stretching your growth limits. We you actually have, did I should herbs up. strike strike that, Chris. We oh. did just open up uh the river project here in, in Champlin where they they bought and redeveloped. Um, now, now, part of me wants to criticize that they spent, I don't remember what it was, $26 million buying all these old apartment buildings to level them and then sell them to new apartment building companies um, for pennies on the dollar. So and then, in essence, you'd say we wasted tax dollars, but that's not the point. It looks beautiful. Um, they So these beautiful new apartments were rebuilt because um, I think the bigger plan wasn't happening. So they decided they had to sell some of it back. Um, but now they have this nice uh, community center that's down by the river. They have uh, apparently a restaurant that's eventually going to be built down there. It's been talked about for about 15 years. It still hasn't broke ground, I don't think yet. But um, they redid that area. So when you come into Champlain, you're heading up to Anoka. Um, it's really pretty. And the, the idea there was is to put Champlain on the map and have people notice, you know, what a nice town it is. Connect the city of Champlain with the river. And uh, they opened up right where I live, kind of off of Hayden Lake Road there. They also opened that up to a, a, a pond that's a tributary to the river. 
And uh, so it looks like there's a lot of water up there now. And it's, it's, it's nice. Yeah. Champlain is, is really nice. And that area that you're talking about is um, it, it is, it's beautiful. I mean, when you go down kind of by that river and I think sometimes what those cities will do is that if they're trying to create something, sometimes they have to get it to a point that it's going to um, get developers excited in which right. to do it. So, right. Right. No, um, and that, that's exactly right. And so, you know, when you have something like that, that you want to create, um, you know, I think a lot of times, you know, you get communities like, like Champlain that were designed to have stoplights so that people would stop and see the commerce and then support the commerce as they're on their way North. And that was like the original kind of idea there, but you know, there's a long history that goes back with Champlain. I mean, there was uh, back when they were looking at Anoka as being one of the state capitals because of the, the rivers, the rum rivers there, the, the Mississippi's right there, the, I mean, you go downtown Anoka and some of the buildings are, are 100 year old buildings are better, you know, so it's like it's pretty cool. There's quite a history there. Well, I think what's also about Champlain is you have a Buffalo Wild Wings and that's important and a pizza ranch. Yes. Is it still there? Pizza ranch and Clive's. Duh. And Culver's. And, what's that? Culver's. There's a Culver's. Yeah. Yeah. So you pretty much got everything you need. Well, and there's also a Willie McCoy's. Yeah. There's also, uh, what do we call it? Hooties, Hutties. Um, there's also a couple of sushi shops up there. How about golf courses? Uh, we have an indoor golf course, Chris. Um, we're kind hey, of hey, in technology on. now. Hold on, Andy. Save this for uh, the viral clip you're about to have. Okay, we're going to play this or that, Champlain or Blaine. Give me the pros and cons of both and then make a decision. This or that, Champlain or Blaine. Oh, me. Oh, just gotcha. Um, you know, so I actually live in Champlain. I, I office in Blaine. I do office in, in both. But um, so you got a couple communities. Champlain was an older established area south of Anoka. Um, and it's in the redevelopment phase, which is kind of fun. So you're seeing new businesses and new commercial sites getting redeveloped. You know, they're redoing the riverfront. So it's exciting to be part of something that's being kind of recreated, regenerated, if you will, repurposed. Um, you go to Blaine and everything in Blaine, shiny brand new, or a lot of it is. Um, there's lots of development, which is fun because property values continue to uh, increase in value when you're around new construction. Um, and, you know, easy access over in Blaine to the, the, the freeway systems there. So 35, you know, is, is right there and 65, the nightmare it is, um, or, or, you know, uh, 610 to 252, whatever it is. So, you know, there, there's lots of options there. Um, what it comes down to, though, is it, it also you have to have jobs, right? So to keep people in the community or you're just basically, you know, the evening community. So both areas have light manufacturing um, a little bit. Champlain, probably a lot less than uh, Blaine. Blaine has more um, sustainable earning jobs. But both I think both are suburbs where commuters live predominantly. So. So I'm, I'm a guy who's got two kids uh, approaching high school level, looking for a new place to live. Um, I've got about $800,000 in which to spend. Where should I go, Champlain or Blaine? I, I can still build you a house in, in Blaine, I, and I'm not saying that to be funny. Um, a lot of houses, big two stories nowadays, start around 650 to 750 And then if you add all the fun stuff, you know, you get over 800 pretty quick. Um, in Champlain, there's, there's uh, essentially nothing left. Um, to be built on. So you'd be buying an existing home or you'd wander into our sister neighborhood there, Dayton, where there is a thousands of opportunities 
over the next 30 years to be building. Because Dayton was one of those cities, if you ever looked at a map, it's kind of a triangle. And everybody developed all around them. And by choice, they wanted to be this 10-acre hobby farm community. And they really uh, fought that for years. The council fought it. The mayors fought it. Now they have a proactive approach because I think the Met Council threw a lot of money at them to get some uh, rooftops in there. So now all of a sudden they can repave their roads where they didn't have enough money to repave their roads. The city hall was, the furniture was worn out and they didn't have the money to fix it. So it's like that, that money helped them quite a bit to establish themselves as a city. So it's changing. Oh yeah. I don't know if that, I, I gotta be honest with you. I love both. Oh boy. It looks like this, this is probably me. Prior Lake or Lakeville. All right. So we'll talk about, I mean, Andy kind of started talking about Lakeville earlier. Um, it is sandwiched between Apple Valley and Farmington and uh, Lakeville is huge and there's more development opportunity there than, I mean, they have a ton of opportunity left and they've already done a bunch. They have split into two high schools now. They'll probably end up having three uh, with, with the land they have. A lot of, um, you know, pricing in that, that six to 800, probably a lot more available there than there is in Prior Lake just because that's where a lot of the building happened. Um, I would say Prior Lake is probably a little more uh, more small town, hometown type uh, place because of the lake and the, the windy roads. Uh, usually when you get into Lakeville, it's a lot more like farm fields and you know they can create the, the different areas um, a lot easier and maybe have straighter roads. Uh, we have a lake to deal with in Prior Lake and so you kind of go around it, a little more mature, probably in Prior Lake than some of the, the fields, but you do get places like Spirit of Branchen um, and it's a traditional neighborhood design where the lots aren't huge, but it kind of incorporates, you know, front porch living, shared parks, uh, amenities, barns, and uh, th that kind of stuff. So Prior Lake, it's, it's centered around the lake. Then uh, Prior Lake is probably, it's about, one-tenth the size of Lake Minnetonka, split up into two upper and lower. Then there's also Spring Lake as well that's in uh, Prior Lake. And uh, it's a boating community. There's a restaurant, there's a marina on the lake. Um, it's the, the values on the lake have gone out of this world. Very hard to get something under a million dollars. There's places up to 5 million now, whereas probably seven years ago, the biggest sale was 2.7 million. So it's uh i mean it's it's both you both have good school systems mm -hmm. uh sports are both very well as well mm -hmm. um academics all that fun stuff so a lot of golfing too in both places andy, how's that good but andy ask him a question like he asked you oh. i don't remember what he asked me i just kind of am a blur no, i him. asked you if i should i have a family and you oh, I, asked I, I have uh a family with a uh, $800,000 budget. And uh, I, I, we like sports and we like water. Where should we live? Oh, wow. That's amazing that you should say that. Um, you know what, Andy, though? You could. It's, it's going to be really hard to get on the lake in Prayer Lake at that 800000 But there is a lot of lake access homes as well. So that gives you the opportunity to get your boat on the lake and then uh, being close to the lake and, and enjoy that. Um, the cool thing about schools now, too, uh, it is school choice. You can kind of pick what you want and, and where you want to go. 
but uh, I grew up in Prior Lake. I know it very well. Graduated from uh, Prior Lake and uh, pretty much uh, I would probably push you towards Prior Lake. How about that? I, I like Prior Lake. I'll take okay. it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You've been there a few times. You got to come out again. I'm ready. I, My boat's in. I do. I would yeah. like to see that. I, I'd like to see your your uh, project you're working on, too. Yeah, it's, it's pretty close to being done. But I am living there, so that's good. Uh, All right. Now you guys fight against each other. Who's going to win, Prior Lake or Tampa? Prior Lake? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. if Can we fight? Is there a fight? I don't think there is. Um, I don't, I don't know if there's enough pride there, but there's, you, you have more of a lineage, a history, if you will, I think there. And, and so your, your roots go deeper than mine. I, I'm kind of a Minneapolis, Brooklyn park, then Champlin kid. Um, I've been here for, you know, almost 20 years now, but it's, it's, I love the community here. I just, you know, not real thrilled with the way they just raise taxes, but, um, you know, that where, where hasn't that happened? Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Everyone got hit on that. So. I don't know, Nick. You know, sometimes you got to learn when you have the win, you don't even have to say anything. So, yeah, I Nick. Just, I just let, I took, I'm taking it. And sometimes, Nick, you just have to realize people don't understand reality. And, and somebody else won, and they're just so happy with their energy from the last speaker that they think they're a winner every time. Oh, and they might not be. I need an appointment with Allie, but quick. So. Wow. That was Best a city to buy luxury real estate in Minnesota right now. Yeah. Baby, baby. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with uh the west side. I'm going with Minnetonka Wyzetta. I think that uh your appreciation um is fantastic. You get a lot more options um because mm -hmm. there's a lot of luxury real estate uh in that side. Yeah. So you I've been, I've been out in uh, I bought I, I was out there, I've been out there uh searching in, in Orono. And I've had a buyer recently that's in that three to five million dollar range, and we are looking at some fun properties. And it it is a see to me like their luxury properties are one you know is that fancy materials to you is that great schools is that majestic beautiful lawns and and I think what you get in in like Orono which I really enjoyed was um, the rolling beautiful landscape right and there's. And there's tons of other beautiful homes out there. So as you're driving around, it's just so complemented with the beautiful architecture and the natural, you know, rolling. So that's one of my favorites currently. Yeah. I think, too, when you're showing out in that area, there's just a, a lot more of them. And so it doesn't feel like it, it feels like you can really kind of wait to get what you want more so than if you were looking in maybe some other areas that did have that high end um those high end homes if that makes sense it yeah. just yeah it's kind of like you know you might have to settle more for some luxury homes in some other areas versus over there and whether or not what the schools are but in any of those areas you're i mean from orono to spring lake park to i mean independence uh, whatever haven to yeah there's, I mean, there's they're all they're all together well, and you know, what I think is, is that I, as I've, you know, kind of uh, seen a lot of real estate over the years, um, I've also really learned to appreciate like the really cool condo 
that's downtown that has all the cool amenities and features. And then yet at the same breath of air, you go up north and let's say you're up in uh, the Brainerd area and there's some spectacular homes up there that I'd love to live in, but I just, I, I can't make my living in my head, right? That I make here up there. So then it becomes a lake home or a vacation home. And, right. but in reality, why would you not want to live at the lake? Why would you not want to live your fairy tale lifestyle? Why would you not want to live in the Caribbean? Why would you not? I mean, honestly, it's like we a lot of times take it as a vacation, but I, you look at like your kid here and uh, he, he's making it a lifestyle. Yeah, he rubs it in a lot too without even knowing he's rubbing it in. Really? Yeah. Like when he doesn't pay attention to us talking and then doesn't jump in to defend himself? I'm working. I'm working <laughs> behind the scenes. He's working behind the scene. He's making us all get all dizzy, moving us around. <laughs> uh, that's all funny. Right. No, I, I think it's it's an interesting concept, though. You know, I mean, if, if it's true, you only live once. I mean, you, you might as well make sure that you're doing the best you can. And and finding a, a property that, like like earlier, Allie, um, our guest was talking about having good energy and and having, you know, and, and I, I, I'll be honest with you guys, I'm kind of mechanical. I don't usually think about spirit. I don't think about energy. Um, I walk into a place, I either like it or I don't. And I, I'm going to be real, really trying to dial that in because I think it's interesting. I, I don't know. You know, there's a lot of people who just say there's no ghost. There's no whatever. I mean, but on the other hand, you know, I've been in properties where I've had a kind of a funny feeling. Um, but I don't, I don't know what that is. I just, it's more of a, my instincts kicking in, which I call them instincts. I don't call them my spiritual whatevers. And I'm just saying, you know what, this, this isn't a good fit, you know? Yeah, but you're you do you're very good at reading people and understanding, and so you don't think you are, but you are. It's the best money I've ever spent uh, is talking with her, and uh, and I I never I didn't need that, you know. It was kind of like whatever, but you really it's very interesting and uh, it's very well good money spent. Well, Nick, so, but real quick, hold on, I want to I want to dig, dig a little deeper with you. So when we're talking about that, for an example, like you know what you need to do to market properties. You know what you need to do to um, find resources, you know, flip stones per se that other people don't know how to flip. What do you get from somebody like her that actually gives you that blueprint to be more successful? What is that? It, it, it allows me to really buy, know what I want to do and how I want to be able to do it and, and take that thing like, gosh, maybe I should do it. If I market it this way, I'll do it this way. It's, it's more like, Boom. Yep. That's the way it's going to go. And, and you do it. Um, it's even like she was talking about that little meditation thing. And actually, I got it from Nick um, beginning is to be able to kind of um, what's the word, Nick? It's not not meditation, but uh, affirmation and, and going in and, and having that confidence to be able to do it. And that's that is, I think, the biggest thing. I always had confidence, but I have like uber confidence now. Like I know um I, I know what I'm saying is right and that I'm going to portray it to them. And, uh, and I, I don't go into um, opportunities or deals. Like hopefully I can get this. It's like, I know I'm going to get this and, and, and move on. And it's, it's almost, it's even like the project I, I'm just finishing. I mean, I never would have done that project three, four years ago ever. I would have, you know, Oh gosh, it's too much money. I don't want to do it. And, but I'm like, you know what? No, I know. I do this and I put this to it, I can get this. And it's a lot of money, but it's like, I know I can do it. And so it's not a, it's not a factor of, you know, maybe, or maybe I can go this way or try this or whatever. 
it's it's not that at all. It's I know I can. Sounds like she's almost harnessing your confidence and putting it together with your knowledge and putting all the pieces together, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll tell you, and then and initially she told me uh, who the buyer was going to be of a, a huge business sale that I did. And it wasn't, it was, it was more so that she kind of described who this person was. And, and at the time, this person wasn't really kind of getting back to me on stuff. I'd already engaged this person. But they weren't getting back to me. And she said, well, they're doing other things, blah, blah, blah. Just stick to it, you know, just whatever. Well, three months later, they end up buying the place. And uh, it, it was crazy. And then I was talking about it one time. And I was it was an early morning phone call that we had with her. And she had said something about that person. And that person, right when I was on the phone, when I was, they called on the other line. And they had just driven by the office and they saw my light on. And they're just saying, "Hey, I haven't talked to you for a while. How you been?" And so it's like it's it was like crazy stuff. And uh, and that from that point on, it's like, boom, I'm I I'm with it. You know, I I really am. And it's and it's not hocus pocus. It's really not. It's very interesting. But anyways, uh, best best city to buy a starter home if you're not Nick and traveling around the seas and being able to be in the all the pretty places of the world. What do you do? Where do you go right now, Andy, to buy a starter home? What? I love Coon Rapids. I, I Coon Rapids has a lot of really nice houses. Has uh, some very still very affordable, you know, three wow. to four hundred thousand dollar. I'm actually we're not putting one on the market here, um, pretty soon here in the high three hundreds. And um, it's just a, it's a nice community. It's kind of reminds you going back in time. You know, the nice. I don't want to say starter homes because they're not necessarily all starter homes. They maybe started out you know fifty years ago or forty yeah. years ago as a starter home, but now. You know, mom and dad put on the four season porch or they added the extra stall to the garage. And some of these houses are pretty cool and you can get a lot of house for the money. Um, that's one of my current favorites um, in the North Metro. Big Lake is always a popular one, too, but it's a little farther out. So I always tell younger buyers um, or, or I shouldn't say it doesn't have to be young to be affordable, but um, or a starter home. You can always start later in life, too. Um, do you work? where do you go to church? Where do you, uh, you know, what kind of school district you're looking for? And then within that little bubble is where we find you the best value. And so it's kind of like a, where's the best deal. I mean, we could run a spreadsheet for you and tell you where the best per square foot price is. And it's probably in some redevelopment neighborhoods, um, you know, where they're, they're in need to be redeveloped. Um, but I don't know. I think there's some really nice communities that are safe and uh, close to things and you can be fruitful and, and lucrative and have a, a, a beautiful opportunity to live. Yeah. And I think, you know, when, when you talk about a starter home, you immediately think of a price, you know, a price point and like that's a starter home for most people. Well, um, I kind of more think of, you know, what is their lifestyle? <laughs> right. And, and where are they, what, what are they trying to do and, and how are they moving on to the, the next step? And is it, Hey, it's a starter home for me. But I'm eventually going to get married and I'm going to be able to kind of go up and and I, I work right downtown and I don't want to be driving to let's say the big lake or the Coon Rapids. Right. So there might be areas kind of like a, a Hopkins. A Hopkins is a really a good spot. You might be able to find um, some little less expensive houses, but there's Hopkins is shot up in price as well. You know, Hopkins is kind of in that St. Louis Park, Edina, but those two are probably a little higher priced. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, but that, now we're talking, you're going to pay 400000 You know, is, is that really a starter home? 
So that that's kind of a hard question to answer anymore nowadays because what is by definition now the new version of a starter home? Right. And and you know, and that number keeps changing as incomes have gone up and as you know, rates have gone up, everything keeps moving around. But it's I think I was thinking of like the young, the young person that comes up to me and says, I'm looking for my first house. So to me, that's like their starter, right? Um, maybe they've had an apartment for a year or two and they save their money and they're ready to buy a place. And I'll tell you what, you know, in today's world of where everybody thinks the future, there's no commuting and we're all going to work from home. Well, then it doesn't matter if you live in the inner loop uh, as much as it, you know, I mean, like they talked about for years, think about Big Lake and they have that uh, commuter train that they spent, I don't know, billions of dollars on to run back and forth that runs half the time empty, um, you know, with the Wi-Fi on board and everything else. We're like, hey, buy affordable housing up in like Big Lake, jump on the train, work downtown, you know, and the whole time you're on the train, you can work on your computer or your, you know, whatever, listen to music, look out the window, whatever. The other thing is, yeah, it's tough. It's just, it's tough. Cause I don't think, I don't think that's, it's, there was a lot of pieces at that time that lined up that maybe now don't line up for a lot of people. That's insane. Yeah. But here's the other thing too, is that first time home buyers have, have waited, they're waiting longer. And so now they're getting older and now all of a sudden you have a couple and, I mean, I worked with two first-time homebuyers last year, and we were looking between five and six hundred thousand. Yeah, that's that's their first house. So, um, really, what is a starter home? I think, yeah, trying to define that, I think, is a is a really, really well, interesting thing with how the world has changed. Yeah, with down payment assistance programs, I think it's if you haven't owned a home in three years or more, it. it I think that will qualify your next purchase as a starter home again. Well, the other thing too is from a starter home. I mean. Now you need offices in that starter home. Before you didn't, you went to the office. You need a bigger place. People aren't going. Yeah. So they're, I mean, it's, I'm working with this one couple and they're, you know, young, just going to get married and they're looking at five bedroom homes. Well, we both need an office. I know. Absolutely. So it was old uh, Orrin Thompson um, back in like most of Brooklyn Center. You know, I always think of Brooklyn Center Crystal, you know, where they have the three bedroom or they have, the two bedroom with the flex room right off the kitchen. And they're perfect for a young couple because they, yeah. they have their own bedroom. They have an extra uh, bedroom for a kid if they have one. And then that flex room can be an office. And then usually there's a second person working from home. They can go downstairs and have that lower level bedroom and it, and then they're separated and it works nice, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. What else do we got here? Just oh. last one. Then we'll wrap it up. Appreciating home. Where's the best area to invest in Minnesota? Right. Now? Wow, that's a that's a really that's another really great question, um, because I think you have to kind of feel out like maybe what's already appreciated and kind of keep appreciating, you know. So, oh boy, I'll tell you what, I'm a I'm a lake guy. I I think buying a home on a lake is the best way in which to be able to go. I mean, people who did that um, really in 2019. I had I sold the house to someone in 2020, and in 2022, we got five hundred thousand dollars more. And that appreciation, that's pretty good appreciation for not really doing anything, just the market changing. So I'm kind of a I'm kind of a lake guy, and and from a lake guy, it's it's got to be a recreational lake. So you got to be able to have um, motor yep. vehicles on it. I have seen the same thing, Chris. I've seen you know anything with water. Um, or anything with acreage and acreage is also another big one that has really appreciated over the last few years, um, people that want more space. So, you know, and, and as you know, things were 
um, where people were starting to feel unsafe in their suburban homes. And they say, hey, you know, I don't like all the stuff going on downtown. Um, I want to get out a little farther, put a lot of pressure on those acreage properties. Um, now that's kind of subsided a little bit now. But I mean, for a while, there was a trend where we were seeing a lot of that, you know, kind of um, situation. Yeah. Acreage. I was talk about the three things. If you're if you're on acreage, number one, number two, if you have a pole building, and number three, if you have a pool that goes with it. And then you add on some technologies, so you get fiber optic that's out there. You're on a tar road. All those things just keep going up and up and up. So yeah, that's awesome. So did she predict we were going to close the show on time or? It's 11 o'clock right now, or 11 my time, nine years. But hey, um, we're doing really good right now on YouTube. In the last month, we had 6,000 views. So everyone hop on there because I'm posting more shorts and, and stuff on the YouTube compared to Facebook and Instagram. But you guys are starting to get popular now. You've joined the, the Instagram. Wait till we get on TikTok. Media. I'm telling you. Wait till Andy gets on TikTok. Why don't you just put me on TikTok? Yeah, exactly. That's true. You probably do that. Just I'll, I'll take a little raise to do that. But anyways, I, I would love I would love to see that uh, the ice cream truck one go on TikTok. That, you know, I think you, that would hit. I I uh, I uh, I've gotten a lot of feedback from that one. Yeah, yeah, you should. It was it was really because it was I don't know it was spur of the moment, but yet it was like it was funny. So. It, it was it was spur of the moment. It was Andy sitting outside working on the yard, hearing the ice cream truck and saying, I got to run in and get my wallet. And I said, you better record this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Hey, click the link. That's where our YouTube is. That's where you can write us reviews on iTunes, Spotify. Everything's there. Give us a, a thumbs up. Send us in any questions you have. See you next week. Ciao, ciao. Yeah. Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.